Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Cryptid Crossroads. We're here doing it once again. Hey, Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CCR 505 Studios. Uh, we had a, a little hiatus there. If you notice, there's a little gap. Uh, That's right. Uh, you know, things happen. There's some COVID going on and work. It's kind of hectic right now. So, but we're back. You know, we try to get here as, as much as we can. That's right. And uh, that's probably the only thing that will stop us is, uh, you know, a little bit of COVID here, a little bit of COVID right. there. And, and, um, and it wasn't bad. It was just no. uh, we decided to... Uh, it's a precaution. Social distance for... Yeah, yeah right. Just, just a better precaution. safe than sorry. Right. Yeah, exactly. Better safe than sorry. Um, on that note, we're back and we're doing it here once again. Uh, and I before, am prepared. Oh, he's prepared. Before we get started, we're going to do our traditional shout out or shot and shout out to our fans. Right. Thank you for listening. And we still want to thank Chris. That's right. Uh, we still got some in the teal here, but uh, right. we're just, like I said, we're, we're on the fly. We right are now. on the fly. And, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to Nickel because they were the first one that gave us a bottle and said, you know, here, you know. No, shout, our, shout our, us out. our sister was the first one. Oh, our sister was the first <laughs> one, yeah. Well, I'm talking commercial companies. Oh, okay. So nickel was the first anyway. Like we said, try nickel vodka. It's really good. And all this Ukrainian war going on with Russia, that vodka has been banned. So get your vodka where it's sourced domestically, especially here in New Mexico. Try nickel vodka. Yep, it's good stuff. Uh, I don't know. They say Russian's the best, but I don't know. That's pretty damn. No, that that vodka's good. I think it's better than the Russian potato vodka. Right. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Here's to you. Peace. Ooh, doggy. That does catch fire. Ooh. That's what you call grandpa's medicine. That's right. To keep it out in the woodshed back then? Well, I keep it all in the woodshed. I only go down there when granny just don't let me inside the house. <laughs> Which is every night. Every night, y'all. Anyway, we're going to get back on the uh, Sasquatch topic. Right. So my brother had me watch uh, a movie, which it was, it, to me, it was a movie, but it was more like a, a documentary style movie. It, don't get me wrong. It was good. It was called Willow Creek. Right. And and th those of you uh, who are not familiar with it, it was directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Now, he was the guy in the the Police Academy movies. He was a stand-up comedian <laughs> right. in the 80s. He was the one always screaming. And it, 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 But uh, he really, I don't know the story behind it, but he's really deep into the Bigfoot Sasquatch thing. Uh, he even has a big tattoo now of the Sasquatch. And uh, I was surprised to find out that he was the director of it. Right. I was like, wow. I, I would have thought it would have been, you know, a comedy or something. But no, this was, a, it was well done. I think it was, it was as close as you will get to 
an encounter if you go out into the forest. I, I really think it is. Right. It was uh, set up like a documentary where they carry the cameras, kind of something similar to like Blair Witch. Blair Witch, yeah. That's, I, I got that Blair Witch and, film. Uh, I, I watched it and I watched it. I let it go. And then when they were in the woods, it started getting really good. And I told my brother when they actually had their encounter, that was pretty damn good, I thought, especially the sounds and the way things played out. Right. And for those of you that are listening and those of you that have had an encounter, reach out to us and let us know, was that similar to what you experienced? I mean, my brother, you know, he had his and that's why he told me to watch it. He said it it ended pretty good. And I found that movie interesting. Now, bear with us. It, it, It does get like a documentary and you're like, where are they going with this? It's a little slow, but it does pick up. So just stick with it. Right, and, and I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Right, and you got to pay attention to the little details. <clears throat> right, and then at the end, everything will make sense. It will. Uh, I like how it started, where you know he was gung ho, and uh, they set up camp. Uh, the camp got ravaged in the beginning, and they were down at the stream. You know, he did a skinny dip, and when they got back, he's like, "Why's my sock in the tree?" And right. And the tents were tore up, and he said, "Oh, probably a bear." And you know, or, or they they blamed it on there was a, a man tried to keep him out of the area. Right. Yeah. It, and you know, the man that came into the thing, I'm like, in that area, I'm like, was this? You know, it's up in the Humboldt County area, and they grow a lot of marijuana up in that area. And I, I thought that's why the man wanted to keep them out of uh, the certain area. Right. And I, I connected that. But they got around that man, and they got to their destination as close as they could. But when they started having, like, their camp uh, molested, I would say, and... uh Later that night, they started hearing, you know, he started hearing the tree knocks. At first, he was excited, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as it got closer, his demeanor changed. He started getting fearful. Right. You could, they're getting nervous, and his girlfriend started freaking out. And yeah, she, she was freaking out bad. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it, it's a very good watch. Uh, it, it's just the way things played out. It, it reminded me a lot of my encounter, the noises. Right. Now, there was differences, of course, so I wasn't attacked. Right. Um, I mean, that, but then we, we know, do we really know if they've attacked people? We hear in the big thicket that they do. Um, we can only speculate because of the 411s and, you right. know, the missing people and right. how they're found you know, deceased, but there has been no evidence of a Bigfoot, of anyone witnessing a Bigfoot attacking someone and killing them. Right. I guess that that, that all depends on who you talk to. Now, I've I've heard stories where they have killed people in small communities and and that's when the kill team's going, the government gets involved. Well, yeah, we, we, we hear that, but, you know... We don't know if that's actually factual, but I, I know there are kill teams. Don't get me wrong. So, you know, do they use that as an excuse? Does it happen? Because I've read many stories where they found clothes up in the tree and they associate it with sightings and Bigfoot in that area. And they send in these special forces kill teams. And then you hear stories of these kill teams that we found them and how they destroyed them and how it was a little battle. And some of their team members actually 
got killed because right. these creatures, they're big, powerful, and fast. I, I remember one story I heard about a kill team, and when they were briefing the, the people in the team, they told them, if you see one, you know, fire at your own risk because you're on your own because they'll be on top of you before you know it. Right. And that's, just think about that. Fire at your own risk. Although you see one and they're a little way, they they got to be they got to be super fast. Right. Now, we've, we've always uh, had a theory about maybe their location has something to do with their temperament because you talk about uh, people who've had sightings in the Pacific Northwest, and the majority right. of those sightings are, are these so-called experts who have habituation areas. They claim, oh, they won't hurt you. They're just curious. And that's in the Pacific Northwest, but I think that that's because it's such a vast area they have all the resources they need. They don't want to be bothered by you. They're they're like you're a you're a fly to them. That's like shoo, go away, right. just leave me be. But if we go back down, like we say, where they're known to be aggressive, overly aggressive, which right. is the big ticket, then is it due to we're closing in on their territory? We're building too close, uh, surrounding them, and and they're just like enough's enough. Or it could just be the wrong wrong place at the wrong time. You know, there could be young around the corner, and that's why they're aggressive. Right. It's just like running into a mama bear with her cubs. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know uh, why the squatches in the big thicket area are as aggressive as people say they are, and why if you go to the Pacific Northwest, they're like, like I said, you're a fly. You see me, now you don't. Shoot, go away. Right. Now, now there are sightings... All all across the country. Right. And some are different. I don't know. I've heard a lot of bluff charges. Uh, I've heard of those too. Uh, and I've heard of those like in the Kentucky mountains. Right. Now, everyone I've, <clears throat> every story I've heard where there's a bluff charge, they leave. Right. Uh, I mean, of course, the Sasquatch or Bigfoot, he accomplishes his goal. He gets him out of there. Right. Now, I've never heard of anyone staying and seeing how far it'll go. I would imagine if you witness a bluff charge, that's enough. I I would say if you witness a bluff charge, you're not going to want to stick. stick I, I wouldn't. I, I, I might, but it's only because I'm frozen with fear. Well, if, <laughs> if I stick around, I don't think they'll come closer because they'll be like, what is that stench? I'll, I'll be in the fetal position <laughs> sucking my thumb crying. And they're like, oh, baby. <laughs> baby. And, and he pooped his diaper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lot of poop. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, and, and you're right. Everyone has their own personal different encounter with these creatures. Uh, some people say it didn't even acknowledge them. It just went in front of them and went on its way. Right. Other people say it stopped. It looked at me. Other people say it bluff charged me. It, everyone has a different encounter. Why? I don't know. I just take it, these creatures, like we've said before, maybe they have human DNA in them, which supposedly they do. Theory, theory. Uh, they're like people. There's some people, look at society. There's some people that are super aggressive. There's some people that no matter what you tell them, they're pacifists. They'll walk away. They don't want to be bothered. They're not violent. And you get some people that are in between all that. Right. Now, when I had my encounter... Uh they they definitely let us know they were there, and they were there before we even knew it. So I know if they wanted us, uh, it was easy pickings, you know. Right. 
I like I said, I had no firearm. I had a small flashlight. I was very poorly prepared. And and I think these creatures, like we've said, they are the master of their environment. They know those woods because they live there. They walk them. They travel them. They know them like we know our city streets. So if they want you and they wanted right. to harm you, I think there's no stopping it. Right. I, I agree. And they're so stealthy and they hide so well that if they wanted to harm you, you'd be harmed. If they wanted to kill you, I believe there's there's nothing you could do. You right. wouldn't even see it coming if they wanted. And now, I, I, I think about my encounter all the time. And that's one thing. When you have an encounter like that, it kind of changes your life. It and, does. And you become obsessed with it. Now, I was thinking, because I've always thought that one was a female, the one that yelled first, and the male came out where I didn't even know he was there. The female may have been attracted because I had two young girls with me, my daughter and her right. friend. Now, the male, I, I told you, he, he yelled at us. He was shaking trees. Now, maybe he just, that was a warning. He said, I'm the male here because the female stood there the whole time when the male took off. Right. Maybe he just said, I'm a big, strong male, and if any, anything happens to this one, I'm coming back. All right. He, he, yeah, he said, hey, this is my, this is my lady. Or, or my sister, because we've had right. the story about the twins. Yep, of course, yeah. I mean, it could have been. It's, it's like, there again, take it back to human nature. It's like the big brother or the husband saying, that's my female. She's the weaker of the, you know. And, and, and maybe that's why, like, every five minutes he would <clears throat> break off a tree branch and smack a tree. Right, to let you know I'm still here and I'm yep. watching. Yep, that's, that's it, possible. Or else maybe they both uh, they looked at me. Can you carry that one? No, how about you? <laughs> so, mm, no, but if we could eat them, that's a meal for both of us. But I, I mean, there's so many characteristics when it comes to protecting their territory that humans would do. You know what I mean? Uh, most animals will, they'll, they'll flee from you unless there's young around and then they get overly protective. But if there's no young around, they're, they're gone. Most animals. Yeah, most, most animals, animals. They don't, unless they're rabid. Or, you, or starving. Or starving. Now, a mountain lion may not do that. No, a mountain lion, if it's hungry, it's going it, to, yeah, it's coming for it's you. It's going to challenge you uh, unless, I mean, like they say, when you see a mountain lion, you got to make yourself big, make lots of noise. You basically got to <clears throat> challenge it, scare it off. Yeah, you got to let it know that you're not afraid and that you'll take it on. And it'll, it'll, it'll leave. But if it Maybe. don't, you better, you, <laughs> better, you better be packing and be ready to take it on. Yep. Um, you know, these creatures, I, I, I just don't know. I, like I tell everyone, you've had your experience. I want to have mine. Maybe... I haven't had one, a full-blown experience, although we always have some Something. type of interaction. Yeah. Maybe when I'm around, they say, no, that one, he's, he's not worthy. Uh, well, you never know. <clears throat> um, I say that, and then the, the next episode, I'll be like crying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be worthy. Uh, this I, is the I, last episode. Of <laughs> I think it's all about timing. Because uh, they definitely go by our camp a lot. I think they do. I really well, do. We hear them. We hear the tree breaks. Uh, like I said, certain times they're going uh, like toward the lake. Right. We could hear them a little closer than around 3, 4 in the morning. It's like they make a big loop. And we could hear them off in the distance going back the other direction. And he here's the thing. 
I pulled up a map of all the sightings. And yes, New Mexico does have dots on that map where there's sightings. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe we don't have the population that some of the other states have, but we have them. Or we do, or but I can hear a, a lot of it goes uh, unreported. Of course it does. And, and now, or maybe uh, like these people who you re- reported to the BFRO, maybe they don't take us seriously because I submitted a report and they never got back to me. Right, and uh, these creatures, like we've said, they, they have the Rocky Mountain chain to travel up and down. So we do get them passing through, uh, and we've said if there's a little group that wants a habitat in where we go, they can do it because there's plenty water, wildlife, berries. It they could ha- they could be fat, happy, and comfortable up there. Right, and they really can. And I think it could be a bigger group because uh, just look at the all the territory they could cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some of it's desert, but if they stick to that area, they're they're well covered. The well, forest gets thick. The mountain chain, you know, goes through Cuba. I, I believe it does connect to the Rockies. It does connect to the Rockies. I mean, they could go through where we're up to Cuba and from Cuba up north and from there to the Rocky Mountains. Right. right. It, it it totally connects. Like like I was telling you, I drove. I just took a random. Uh, now, this is crazy, uh, and I probably shouldn't have done it, but I took a random forest road, and I followed it, and it brought me out damn near by Colorado uh, up to northern New Mexico. That's how interconnect. and I was like, I thought I was still in the Hamas. I, no, I, I was out. Right. I was in a totally different forest, but I came out, I came, and I had to drive back down, and I, when I looked it up the next day on the map, I was like, holy crap. I drove for like three hours in the, in the forest. And I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm going to get out somehow. You know, that, that was a pretty dumb move because I didn't take extra gas, nothing. Right, right. But, hey, that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would have I used the skylights to get me to civilization. But now I said, where does this road go? Where do, and I saw a lot of wildlife. Uh, as I got closer to the highway, I started seeing other campers and whatnot. And, and I thought, well, I'm not too far then from, you know, Amos. Yeah. Hell no. I was about 70, 80 miles away from where I started. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I took my nephew. I could have cooked him and ate him. I don't know if I'd eat him. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd use it to attract the bear, then eat the bear first. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're, we're back on the Sasquatch topic because it's almost that time where right. we're itching to get out there. Uh, we got the trailer. We're ready to go. And we, got, <clears throat> we actually got some new equipment. We got some uh, trail cams. Right, trail we, cams. We got some, uh, well, I, I bought a telescope. I could hook my phone to it. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more activity that we can actually record this. Thing. And and that's for the UFO activity because we tell you guys we see it out there. Now we want to prove it. Right, we're gonna prove it. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're itching. I'm itching to get out there. I'm like this. It's been a long winter for me, right. and I'm ready to just get out into the open wilderness. Right, but uh, we just had another good snowstorm. Yesterday. We did. Yeah, we did. And well, if, if we get snow here in Albuquerque, the mountains are going to get, get a lot more. And, and, you know, we need it up there. And that's why, you know, one time we went up there and we weren't prepared. 
And we thought, well, it's July. It's like 100 degrees down here. We went up there and we camped and we froze our ass off. Yeah. Yep. It was cold July down here, but, man, it was still cold where we went. I mean, so cold, my windshield was frozen. Yeah, yeah. But uh, another thing is, uh, I think when the roads are bad, they keep a lot of that locked up. Mm -hmm. So we don't really have access to it right now. Although I think we should get special access. We could be uh, investigators. We could be self-proclaimed professional Bigfoot. That's right. We could tell them we will investigate the roads for you. Right. Exactly. And let you know the condition of the roads. Yeah, and they'll look at us. You, we'll have to go dig you two clowns out. And they're like, you guys are the guys that are going to call search and rescue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is getting to be that time. Yep. And, and getting back to the documentary, that was really good. I, I <clears> highly <throat> re- recommend watching it. Now, I watched that on the streaming service Tubi. Now, there's a whole lot of Bigfoot stuff on there. There is. And we're trying to weed through it. Uh, some of it's not as good as others. Um, if you guys are familiar with Tubi or any of the streaming service, uh, you know, a good Bigfoot movie or documentary that maybe we'd like to watch, you know, shoot send, us an email. Let us know about us. it. Yeah, let us know. We'll watch it. And then we'll tell you what we think about it. Yeah. On, on that note, I got to tell my brother, uh, I did watch... Episode one, season three, episode one of uh, Expedition Bigfoot. Did mm-hmm. you watch it? No. Uh, I'll have to give you the, the magic key to watch it. Okay. But it was good. Uh, it ended with an interesting note, but of course it's made for TV. They want to pull you into the next episode. Right. If they would have found Bigfoot, we'd know. But Right. But it, it's still interesting what they're the last, doing out there. The last season ended interestingly. It, it did. And and they picked up off that season. And uh, they're in the same location. And they're in the same location because of what they picked up on. And they think that, you know, this is the golden area. This is where it could happen. And I encourage them to keep going because, you know, it's going to happen. Right. It is. It's going to happen for the whole world. Now, I, I got a question about that. Now, you just said it's for TV. Now, if they find a Bigfoot, you think they'll show it? And two, maybe they already have and they don't show well, it. He, and just look at, remember, Les Stroud when he was doing Survivor Man. Right. The network said, hell no. They didn't even want him to mention it. Nope. They said, hell no. Don't mention it. Don't talk about it. And there's got to be a taboo amongst all these rich networks why they... Don't want to mention it. I think they think it's going to be our downfall. You know, the government's going to give us problems, maybe pull us off the air because they they don't want people knowing about this because it could spiral into, you know, like we've said, you know, forestry and people not going out and camping. And, or people going out there in hordes. Or, or uh, Yeah, it, it could work opposite, e- e- either uh, way. It could go both ways. I think it would be the latter, people going out in hordes, and, and then they'd get all these, you know, unexperienced people that are traveling through the woods, being lost, being lost dying. Dying. Uh, a lot of people stranded. Uh, right. Because I, I know a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to go in the forest and I'll fight. But it is so easy to get turned around and get lost. And you're going in the opposite direction. And before you know it, because there's so much of this land that isn't developed, there's not water, there's not food, unless you know how to find it or hunt for it. Right. You're screwed. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, you know, there's no McDonald's out there, so your wallet with your debit card ain't going to help you. And I, I saw a rat. Maybe there's Chuck E. Cheese. Well, maybe. Hey, <laughs> maybe they are expanding into the forest. But seriously, that a lot of people go into the forest and think they know what they're doing, and they don't. And they come up missing. They find right, them. Right. And uh, we've we've been camping our whole lives. Our dad has taken us. Uh, our dad was a hunter. So we, we know the importance of, you know, we know how to pack for it. <laughs> and that's why... Uh, I feel like such an idiot. My first encounter, I was old Mr. Boy Scout. I had everything but a firearm. Right. And, you know, the, one of the first things you want to do is learn your sense of direction. That's the first thing you want to do if you're going to go out there. You want to learn your sense of direction at night. Right. Find out where the Big Dipper is. Find out where the Little Dipper is. Find out where the North Star is. Right, and, and that's... First and know thing, how to identify them. That's the first thing we always do when yep. we go out there when the sun goes down. Look, we look the for North Star. Yep. That's the first thing you want to do if you're going to travel at night. I would suggest just wait till... Because you'll see where the sun rises. Right. I would suggest not traveling yeah, at yep. night. Yeah. Unless you're really, really experienced. And like I said, when the sun comes up, it'll wake you up. And you'll see where it's rising and... And You'll see where it's it, setting. It all depends on the the time of year out there. Right. You definitely want to at least have matches so you could start a fire. Or else right. it's gonna get pretty damn cold. And just remember that fire will keep a lot of the animals at bay. Uh, it will, but I would say it, rather than ma take matches, yes, but also take a flint. Take a flint. There's they sell the flint kit starter kits and uh, take two of them in case one fails. Seriously, right? right. Uh, that I will agree. save you. That will save you. Yep, and uh, they even make these. Uh, have you seen those mills? They're like MREs. They sell them in the store. Yeah, I don't know how good they are. Uh, I've never bought one. If if you have any doubt, take them. Right. Just don't start a forest fire so you could get attention. <laughs> Wait, that was my next plan. Oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> no, well, if you have to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, if you're lost, you could start a fire. And you know what? With today's technology, you can even turn your cell phone for a couple hundred bucks into a sat phone, which is a satellite phone. So no matter where you go, if you are truly lost, you could call for help and they'll pinpoint you. Right, right. And they also have a thing my friend has. It's a, He has cattle, so he's always in the mountains. It, Garmin makes it's called InReach right. and basically a satellite. And that's he all can it text is. with it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be in the mountains no. anywhere. No, no, and that's what it is because I looked at... Uh, I have a cell phone, and I looked. At, I could have bought a kit off Amazon, and it would have turned my phone. No matter where I went in the mountains, I could call. It would have been a satellite phone. But then I thought, why do I want to do that? People would be calling me constantly. Where are you at? What are you doing? Right. And that's that's really one of the reasons we go up there <laughs> to disconnect. get away, disconnect. So yeah, I said, no, we'll be good. We won't. You know, no matter what, we'll make our way back. We're good. So I. Um, I don't want a satellite phone, but if you're inexperienced and you're thinking about going out there and squatching for your own safety, take those precautions. Right. Now, I, I thought about getting one because, like, the in-reach, you just have to turn it on when you need it. It's, it's not your phone. It's a, a different. Uh, yeah, right. It's, but uh, where we go, it, it, it wouldn't hurt to have it. Right. You know, we don't have to use no, it. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to have it. What? Well, what am I going to text? Say, hey. Uh, well, there's times you had to get a hold of your son. We had to drive off the mountain. Yeah, yeah. 
right there. Yeah, but we usually when we drive off the mountain, it's for more beer. Uh, not for us, for our friend. For our friend. <laughs> uh, just for our friends, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're still uh, we're itching to get out into the forest. We're, we're probing those documentaries, those movies. Um, it, it's hard because some of them, you try to watch them as long as you can, and some of them... Well, they're not, they're not made really well, and they're, they're, they're kind of boring, I'll say it. Right. And uh, it's hard, because I, I try to watch as much as I can, because some of them do pick up toward the end. They do. Just like that Willow Creek, when I asked you if you watched it, you said you hadn't finished it, right. and I said, you got to watch it all the way through. And I went back, and I started up, and I went where I left off, I finished it, and I was like, okay, I got it. The ending, yeah, uh, I, I got the premise of the ending, I'm like, ooh, not good for him, not good for her. Nope, but it was, uh, it was pretty accurate. Uh, I don't know if Bob Goldthwait had his own uh, encounter or he just put all these encounters You know together. what, to, to do something that was that close, I, I'm saying he either talked to a lot of people that had encounters and he paid attention and took notes, or he really did have an encounter. He may have because, like I said, he, he inked himself with yep. the Bigfoot. I mean, it's... Uh, it was pretty spot on, and that I could see that happening. I really can. Yeah, I, I was impressed with it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that when nightfall came, I was like, here we go. It was good. Right. It's it's hard to find good Bigfoot documentaries because they're either uh, over the top or they're incredibly yeah. boring. Now, the Todd Standing one was a really good one. It was. And uh, the Skunk Ape one I thought was pretty good. The Skunk Ape one was good. And, and there are some good, you know, documentaries out there that, bring the subject to light uh, but like we said there's some that you're like uh are you just trying to make a buck because this is really boring right and and, you're, and you're not giving me anything and I, I don't like when they go out uh they don't actually do any investigations per se that they'll show like the forest and they'll just regurgitate somebody's story or something they heard yeah no no i mean go I, out there and i want you to get out there i want to see uh, right. like we have a facebook page uh we'll put like that time we found the footprints, yeah. whatever, we'll find a tree snap, tree breaks. We'll put it there. Or the tree structure we found. Yeah, so we, we, uh, we're all about evidence. We're, we're all about finding the truth. That's, that's right, the truth's out there. You watch X-Files, right? The truth's out there. Yep. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed the show we brought to you tonight. We're back on the Squatch topic. And now that it's warming up and we're getting out there, we'll be doing this Regularly. Yep, and uh, hopefully we could do some more uh, live over there. Right, on location. Right, and maybe we'll even get some activity while we're filming. That would be awesome. That would be. I would love that. And, and you'd know it because you'd hear the activity behind us and we'd, we'd cut camera, pack up, and probably leave now. <laughs> yeah. You would just see a trail of dust where we're running that's away. Right, that's right. No, we wouldn't. We'd... We'd, we stick, would, it out, we'd yeah. stick it out. As long as we could. That's right. And I would try and film it and record it all for you. Right. So that you know we're serious about this. We are. We are. Anyway, thanks for listening. That's what we want to share with you tonight, and we hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> and give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> because you're what matters to right. us. Anyway, thanks for listening. Peace.
Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.